Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We've been chatting a lot about the NFL. Let's welcome board right now. Uh, former executive with the Jets and the Miami Dolphins and executive vice president of football operations down there in South Beach. And that is Mike Tannenbaum who joins us now. Hey, Mike, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Mike, what's up? Hey, great to be with you guys. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, you know, a lot to get into it with you. You know, let's start here. What about, you know, with one of your former teams in the Dolphins here and, and they're, what they've done, you know, they're once again, uh, you know, they're a 21, 22-point underdog this week in Dallas against the Cowboys, tearing it down, tanking however you want to describe it. You know, how bad of a look, Mike, do you think this is for the NFL? Yeah, I know everyone's using that term, tanking and all, but look, that's probably half of the equation in terms of, requiring a lot of picks for the future and obviously they have a plan that they feel good about and want to execute but on the other hand you have a rookie head coach in brian flores who's well thought of in league circles and worked really hard to get the job he has and he's going to work and his staff's going to work hard and they're going to try to put together the best game plan they can to play you know the cowboys this week so on the one hand you, know, you have the front office they're doing their job they're trying to look to the future and then on the other hand you know, you have the coaching staff that has to get up in front of 53 players starting this morning at 8 o'clock with the game plan meeting, and they're going to walk in there with, you know, what they feel is the best game plan possible to be as competitive possible, you know, for Sunday's game. Hey, Mike, how would you uh, how would you grade the Giants' handling of the whole quarterback situation, you know, with Eli and, as we know, with Daniel Jones now will start going forward here for the Giants? Give, give us your, your viewpoint on the whole situation. Yeah, well, the one thing that surprised me, guys, and I, I – Put something out on social media about this which is, I understand that you know they felt like it was time to move on, and you certainly can make that case. But the part that I didn't understand was they gave up a first, they traded Odell Beckham, got a first and third. That makes complete sense to me. Um, but then you pay seventeen million dollars for two games for Eli Manning. So in my mind, if you're going to move on and start over, you got Coach Sherman, you believe in him, you got Daniel Jones, and we're going to move forward. Then why not move on from Eli Manning in the off season, which gives him a chance to go someplace else and you have a chance to use those cap dollars and get another draft choice so i wasn't really sure if they were going to make that move why they would do that after two games to me like he's either the guy or he's not and in terms of like moving forward now look when i was a gm the jets we were able to trade for brett Favre, and we would all love to have these noble romantic endings in terms of Favre should retire a packer jerry rice should retire 49er eli manning should retire a giant but that's just not the reality of our world. And I wouldn't be surprised if we were sitting here in a couple of weeks, guys, having a conversation and Eli Manning was with another team because I think when you tear Eli Manning apart inside is a world-class competitor. And if it comes down to him sitting on the sidelines or having a chance to play quarterback for a team that may have a chance for the playoffs, I'd be surprised if he didn't choose that opportunity. Now, he would have – I mean, Mike, you would agree he'd have to go to the Giants to waive that. I mean, or if you were if you were Gettleman, would you go to – I mean, maybe those conversations have already happened. I mean, to my understanding, I, I don't think Eli wants to go anywhere right now, but that could change. 
But then how do you handle here, Eli, here moving forward, Mike, if you were Gettleman? Yeah, that's uh, to me, when I've dealt with those situations over the various points of my career is you bring the player in, you have ownership, you have the head coach, and say, hey, look, we're on the same side of the table here. You're an all-time great. You're a Super Bowl champion in New York City, and you will be revered forever. With that said, is there a better sort of ending for us now in terms of you going someplace else, getting a chance to play, us recouping a pick or two where for the 2019 season we could have a better situation for all of us and then in the future, there'll be a time and a day where we will honor you the way that you should be honored. So I would pull the player in. I would make him part of that discussion and see if collectively we could get to a result that we all feel really good about. Hey, Mike, so uh, let's go down to Jacksonville, right? So there's a lot going on there, obviously, with Jalen Ramsey and stuff. Love to get your, your opinion on this and how, how to handle this. I mean, because, you know, I'd like to see him. I'm, I don't want to speak for Moose, but we kind of were talking about this earlier. Like Jalen Ramsey possibly staying with the Jaguars, if that's possible. He kind of fits in great down there, Florida State guy, all stuff, great corner, you know, no doubt about it. And if if and when or how, is there a way that the Jaguars can sit down with him with Marone and stuff, work something out, or or you don't think that's going to happen? Does he finish the season as a Jaguar or not? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, for 20 years I felt like I was chasing corners, left tackles, and quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky enough to have a Jalen Ramsey, and I've been fortunate to have a couple of my career and Darrell Revis sure. and yeah. to a certain extent Xavier Howard, where not only are they great players, guys, but what people oftentimes forget is how much more valuable they make everybody else. And, and here's what I'm talking about. When he could play man-to-man on DeAndre Hopkins, you now have 10 other defenders that you can now double-team other players. Not only is he great, but he makes his value is created in what you can do with the other 10 players. And I saw that firsthand at the Jets, the way Rex Ryan would use uh, Darrell Revis. And if you're fortunate as an organization to get one of those players in your building, you do whatever you can to keep him there. And we all saw what happened in terms of that sideline blow-up. I would really be focused on not what happened, but why it happened, and work really hard with you know Jalen and his agent to say, okay, let's see what we can fix within reason here. And when you're running a team, look, you're never going to have 53 players that are totally happy. You're not going to have 53 players that feel like, wow, I'm getting paid incredibly fairly. Um, that's just not the reality of the business. So you just work hard to minimize the problems the best you can. Yeah, it's Mike. Right now, if you were if you looked at that situation. Uh, from the outside looking in, do you think that relationship's repairable? Do you think Ramsey remains a Jaguar? I do. And, and again, you know, over the years, I've seen countless sort of those situations pop up in this day and age because of the popularity of our sport. It's going to get covered closely. Social media, obviously, is going to be a force multiplier, but football's a game of emotion. It's filled with highly competitive, confident people, and they're going to disagree. And that's, you know, that's okay. Um, Coach Parcells talked about conflict on a daily basis, and yeah. uh, he also talked about how winning is a great deodorant. So, um, you know, if Jacksonville turns his things around and wins one or two games, they'll be talking about, hey, can we rally around Garden Minshew? Or there'll be more rumors about should Jacksonville try to acquire Eli Manning. Um, those conversations hopefully will be what we're talking about with Jacksonville in the next week or two. Well, keeping with a lot of the theme of what we've been talking about for a couple of days is quarterbacks. So Drew Brees, as you know, Mike, uh, with the Saints, you know, get the injury and stuff's going to be out for several, several weeks. You think the Saints can stay? Can they stay above water while they wait for Brees to return? They got a lot of offensive weapons, as you know, Michael Thomas, Kamara, and all this jazz. A good defense. 
Um, talk about the Saints. Give us your view on that and as far as uh, if they can stay above water until Breeze gets back. I, I do. There's also – I agree with everything you just said, and I would add one other interesting scheduling quirk. Over the next six weeks, they have one division game. So if they could figure out a way to win a couple games here, which I think they could between Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, a uh, quarterback they like a lot, Yeah, um, they – will have a lot of their division games in front of them. So it's uh, as bad as the news is with Drew Brees getting hurt, this scheduling quirk may actually uh, work to their benefit. We're talking to Mike Tannenbaum, former GM with the Jets, executive vice president, former executive vice president uh, of football operations with the Miami Dolphins. Mike, if we sit and switch here, you've seen in the NBA where it, you know it's become kind of a player's leverage league. Um, are, we seeing, are we starting to see that kind of shift here in the NFL? I think we've got to be a little careful of that because I know we've, we've seen some trades recently where it does appear to be player-driven. I would say for each of those situations, you could look at a Melvin Gordon or a Trent Williams where they're still respectively with the Chargers and the Redskins. So while it, we've seen it anecdotally, I don't think it's necessarily a trend. And when we have seen those trades, I think the teams that have sent those players away have also acquired a lot of draft capital. So you could say arguably those are win-wins, but you know, let's keep monitoring that because it could be the start of something bigger. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, like you know, we talk about a lot here on our show, Moose and I, Mike. That you know, where it's like you get players, and and I'm sure you've experienced this, and but it seems like a lot more now. Where where if someone doesn't want to be there, even if you you know, if if they're an excellent player or the money's whatever the deal is, if if you don't want to be, it's like a relationship, right? If you don't want to be with someone, they can't force you to stay with them, or vice versa. So. I mean, uh, what's your stance on that? Like, if someone does not want to be with the team, but you really need them or contractually they should be, I mean, you still want them on your team if they don't want to be there. I think you have to work really hard from the day they come in the building. you got to recruit your own. And you have to – and I've been very fortunate. I've always been in situations where I've had very uh, engaged owners, very supportive owners, and uh, it, it's interesting because – what the public doesn't see is pro football is the ultimate people business. And if you do a good job within reason and understand the different goals and securities that all players have and try to solve those problems on the front end, hopefully you're minimizing their desire to leave your organization. And sometimes it does get past the point of no return. And I look back at my career and those are some of the biggest mistakes or regrets I have. So what I've learned is you try to, embrace the people in your organization literally from day one and whoever else is in their ecosystem, girlfriend, wife, parent, uncle, agent, whatever it may be, and make them feel fulfilled, have them be an active participant, again, within reason, and know that we're in, it's in their best interest for them to be happy, successful. And you hope it doesn't get to that point because you obviously you don't want people in your program that aren't happy there. Uh, but with that said, I don't think you could just indiscriminately reward somebody by knocking on your door and say, hey, you know what, I asked for X, you offered me Y, so I want to leave because you don't want to turn style either. You know, Mike, uh, up to up to Foxborough here and, you know, obviously everything surrounding Antonio Brown and what his availability is going to be moving forward. You know, there was an SI piece, there's a civil lawsuit, the accuser in that civil lawsuit met with the NFL uh, and investigators at the league office for 10 hours on Monday Curious about the signing, though, Mike. You know, Taz and I had a, a, an interesting discussion, and, you, you know, you have guys investigate. I mean, teams have all got security personnel. When when that Antonio Brown saga goes down out in Oakland, right, and New England signs him, you know, for as a franchise, and every franchise is a little bit different, but I'm saying if you were running 
Would you have an idea? Would there be some sort of a background check where you'd have an idea of of maybe this coming up, or is this a case where that's you know we're maybe giving the organization a little bit too much credit? That does not go down. I mean, how exactly? You know, they, reportedly the New England Patriots were caught blindsided. They did not know the civil lawsuit was coming down with Antonio Brown. But there are there investigations, background checks with players. Yes, and there's two levels. There's uh, team security and league security. So. Um, when you sign a player, they take a physical, they have to sign a contract, and you can see whether or not they're eligible to play. Um, and you certainly have team security that can do perfunctory sort of um, investigations. But one thing we got to keep in mind that as of today, where we are with this, is it's a civil allegation. So sure. that's really an important distinguishment. It's person A making a claim against person B. Now, these are very serious claims, and if true, you know, it totally changes the context of this conversation, it could obviously lead to a criminal investigation, but players do get involved with civil disputes over pay or, you know, a lot of other issues. So um, it won't be the first or last time that a player is playing with, with again, um, a civil allegation. Now, again, this whole discussion could change once it becomes criminal. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, sticking on the topic of the Patriots, so – Obviously, we all know the greatness of Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady and stuff. I mean, maybe this is, I don't know, an overstatement, but I don't know. It might not be. Is this, in your opinion, is this the the best all-around Patriots team in the Bill Belichick era that we've seen? Well, I would say this. You know, first of all, it's two games in, so right. let's, you know, proceed with caution. But the only concern I see on the team for them right now is the depth of their offensive line. They lost David Andrews right before opening day, who's a really talented, underrated center who unfortunately is dealing with a medical issue this year. And then Isaiah, when they left tackle, um, went on IR a year ago, went on IR this year. And whether or not um, they could withstand any other injuries on their offensive line over six, you know, the remaining 14 regular season games, uh, that would be the one concern I would keep my eye out for in terms of the Patriots. Uh, Mike, when um, you know you, you look at um, you know situations like you know Andrew Luck and, and early retirements in the National Football League, you know, do you think this is something that executives in the NFL have got? To, you know, we're seeing obviously the the beating take a toll on, on Cam Newton down in Carolina. When you have a game plan and you're laying out your organization, is this something that you think that league executives have now got to keep in mind with the amount of money that players can make early on in their career, with the beating that their bodies take, that they might not be Tom Brady or Eli Manning or Roethlisberger, that they're going to hang around to late 30s, early 40s? It's just another challenge. Um, when you run a team, you have to have contingencies, and contingencies come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, in 2017, we're in training camp. In Miami, we had a really good 2016 season, went to the playoffs, non-contact drill, Ryan Tannehill, out for the year, torn ACL. Um, I've just seen it a lot in my career. It's another layer of contingency that you have to have in the back of your mind. Um, and you try to build your roster within reason with as much depth and contingencies as possible. And your point is a good one. It's a fair one. It's just the next layer. Yeah, fair enough. And final one for me, Mike, is this. You know, you worked with Adam Gaze down there in Miami. You know, early on here with the Jets, it's been a little bit of a struggle. What about uh, what about the expectations here, and what should Jet fans expect for Gaze here once they get Darnold back? Yeah, I mean, it's it's remarkable where we are. You know, we used to talk about two to three years. You got, you know, coach to establish his program, his offense. You know, we're, we're two games in, and he's had three quarterbacks. So, um 
it, that's hard to do. You know, it'd be hard for, you know, Newt Rothney or Bill Belichick to have three quarterbacks in two weeks. So, um, knowing Adam the way I know him, nobody's more disappointed in, you know, how they played Monday night. Um, and hopefully Sam Darnold can, you know, change things quickly. It's hard to win, though, when, you know, you're out there with Luke Falk, and Luke's a guy we had on our practice squad in Miami a year ago. Um, but he's obviously not getting a lot of reps between Trevor Simeon and Sam Darnold. So, he was really forced in a tough situation the other night, and um, I would expect him to play better. He's a he's a good coach, you know. He's earned the right to be a, a two-time head coach, and I think we just got to keep in context that you know it's it's two weeks in. And Mike, uh, when you were up at Roscoe Diner, right, trying to get that contract <laughs> done with Darrell Revis, what did you go with when you were going with those negotiate? <laughs> when that deal finally get done, did you go a little disco fries? Did you go omelet? Did you go burger? What did you go with at the diner? <laughs> You know, I, one of the main mistakes I made is if I would have gone with the disco fries earlier, I probably would have gotten the deal done and softened up Revis's agents a lot more. You know, I should have been such a hard line and gone with, you know, strict protein. So that, those are one of the many mistakes you could chalk up in my career. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, we appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. Continued success on, on the TV side of things, and uh, thanks for a couple minutes this Thank, morning. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate right, it. Really appreciate it, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.